0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Honor Redefined, where we hold open discussions about the adventures and experiences of womanhood. I am your host, Ariana Williams. And before we get too far in this episode, make sure that you guys go and you click that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. And don't forget that you can find Honor Redefined on Instagram to see more in-depth content from the podcast and about your host, me, Ariana Williams, Now into the next week's episode in this episode I will be chatting with Chris who identifies herself as a resilient driven caring tough and confident 54 year old welcome Chris hi I'm good glad morning to be here. yeah we're glad to have you how are you feeling today as we arrive in this this podcast episode
1: I feel great it was a beautiful day and yeah I really look forward to this good so
0: before we get too far into it, can you just tell the podcast listeners where you are, like where you're located?
1: I'm in Germany, Southwest, and um, I've been here for a very long time. I'm here because I'm half German, half American. And um, at one time, my mom decided to come back over to Germany, and that's where I've been ever since.
0: Okay. Yes. So Chris is our um, first international um, podcast guests. So we are super happy to have that and just really being able to bring in that um, cultural perspective because it's a, you know, obviously, yes, we're all women, um, but they're based on like cultural experiences and our womanhood can have a whole different um, experience going on there. So I look forward to getting into all of that. So yes, I'm so glad you're here. So Chris, if you can just start by telling us um, a little bit of a personal story about your own womanhood, like how it got its start, maybe some stuff in the middle, and then just kind of where you are now.
1: I was born, my mother's German, my father's American. He was stationed here in Germany. And uh, I was born here in Germany in American Hospital and Law School. And when I was about three months old, we moved back to the United States. I lived there till I was about 11. My parents separated when I got divorced when I was six. And when I was about 11, I was in Germany actually at the time visiting my grandparents. And at one point my mom decided to come also. And I've basically been here ever since. Um, I used to travel back to the United States, of course, to visit my dad and my other side of the family, but I've lived here ever since. Um, yeah, I started school here. Started, I went to, First I went to an American school, then I went to a German school. And um, I started working, it just, everything fell into place. So there was no motivation to go back to the States. And then I got pregnant. Yeah. Then of course I had my mother, my family, my close base was here and I stayed here. And uh, yeah, I had my son um I'm a single mother and now I am a empty nester (laughs) yeah (laughs) I guess that's what you call it empty nester yeah Yeah. Uh, That's basically the short version of beginning to end to where I'm at right
0: now okay let me go back a little bit so you said that you um that you were, while you were overseas, then mom kind of came to join you. And then you guys just like, you stayed in Germany. What was that transition like going from being, you know, in this like American space? And granted, I know you were still like young at the time, but like, was there, was that difficult to like transition into after it sounds like having been there for at least some period of time in America?
1: That was extremely difficult. But not at the time, or at least I didn't see it like that at, at that time. Um, because of my nature and who I am, I, I adapt, I've always adapted, even as a kid, I didn't realize it till later. So I took situations the way they were. My yes. mother, I was, like I said, I was here visiting my grandmother. And um, my mom shows up basically <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to go back to the state, we're going to stay here and, you know, start a life over. So I just accepted it for what it was. Later on, um, I did, the older I got, I did realize that it was pretty tough on me because I, yeah. I didn't have the, um, I didn't say the goodbye. You know, I mm. just you know I left friends behind. Um, yeah. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have, tele- well, we had telephones, but you know, oh. long distance, yeah. was crazy, but you know, uh, it was unheard of. Um, so I lost a lot of friends, a lot of connections. Um and I did blame my mom a lot for that later on in the year. Yeah. Also really not it's like um not intentionally like it was it just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a resentment. Uh but I really didn't realize all of this so much, much later in my life. And but I know she did what she thought was best. Yeah. But uh, we all make mistakes. And I say to myself, I probably would have handled it different, but those were different times. And she had to make a decision, and that was the decision that she made. So now I can live with it, of course. But so it's it's a difference between how I accepted it then and how I see it now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, do you feel like um, it, once you had a child, did it become easier to understand? more about that you said like you know she had to do what she had to do like you know and she had to handle it the way that she thought was best at the time do you feel like like after having a child that that became easier for you to understand like that concept of like a parent having to make these decisions and always not knowing yeah. what to do well it did and it,
1: it didn't um because also
0: how about we make a transition and Just tell us a little more about this cultural aspect. Like, how do you feel like, um, what are some of the cultural influences that you think um, support your womanhood? You know, you mentioned earlier that um, you are half American, half German. So I just wonder how those two parts come together for the venture of being a woman and your own individual womanhood.
1: Yeah, I have a very... Multicultural family. Mm-hmm. My family in this state—they're Italian descent. So uh, my nonas and my, you know, my aunties—they have—they also have a European uh, background. So, um, so are they American
0: always, Italian then?
1: Is yeah, they—they were—they were either born. Um, my aunt and uncles my grandfather uh some of them were born in the united states and some came over with my great-grandparents so they have uh they spoke italian the whole thing and they're very italian family. um so i've always had the european so when we came back to germany or when i when we stayed in germany my mother remarried and uh so she wasn't a single parent anymore and uh when I had my son, I was a single parent. so I'm, I was in the same situation she was when she first had came to Germany or when we lived in the United States from age six to when I came here. Uh, so yes, um, I had to make decisions and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Yeah, I didn't have a husband to say, okay well what do you think and how should we do this and so I understand that point that um you have to make decisions yeah but I tried what I tried to do later on with my son is to involve him in as many decisions as possible Mm. that was the difference that was the difference in her and the way I did it yeah um, and we clashed sometimes about that. But uh, you know, she thought that there were some things that maybe I shouldn't discuss with him. Um, but yeah, that's how I I handled it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to leave him out of every input. I mean, of course, there were things that I I didn't want to talk to him about, and I had to make a decision on my own. Yeah. But I tried anything that involved him. I tried. And you know, let him in on it and see his side of the story or what he thinks, yeah. So it was like, so cautiously, I think that's what I did that because, like, as I said, like I got older, I realized how that really messed with me. You know, like I, I wasn't able to point, you know, say something like, hey, we're moving, <laughs> you know, what's going on, right.
0: Yeah, you know? well, and as a kid, you don't really have all the, um, you don't have all the words, right? To even formulate, like, I'm not even okay, I'm not okay with this thing, or I am okay with it, but I don't have the words to like express it, right? And so you're like, really just kind of mm-hmm. trying to like, um, navigate this experience while also trying to acclimate to the new part of your life. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I, and I, I, can, I on the top of my head, I think of one situation which was pretty extreme for my son is that I didn't that's why I didn't ask him for his opinion or let him in on a decision and for years he would hold it against me yeah yeah till I finally broke and said hey and that's when I started relating to my mom more and more Mm. you know I said hey I had to make a decision and this is why I did it and you know it's you know looking back maybe I would have done it different maybe I wouldn't have but it's really hard you know of course when you have your own kids then you realize yeah uh, how hard it is to make decisions and sometimes they're you know they're, they're the right ones and sometimes they're not but I don't think any parent or most parents don't make decisions to intentionally hurt their children yeah so
0: yeah. You know, I think a lot of times, like, you know, like, for obviously, I'm not a parent. So I, I only know, like, an outside perspective of the experience. But like, I think, like, everybody's just trying to do what they know how to do best. And a lot of times, like, people don't have all the, the resources or the skills or, you know, whatever it is, just the abilities to um, do certain things. And yet, you have to answer for those things sometimes you know 20 30 40 you know 10 how many ever long you know years like down the road um and I would imagine that that's part could could be part of also what makes the difficulties of being a single parent like mom or dad because there's you know not anyone else to like bounce that stuff off of all the time you know and also I would imagine too like wanting to like if you are a single parent like wanting to be independent and mature enough to also like make decisions so even if you have resources like trying to figure out which ones are the ones like the which are the times to have to go to someone and be like hey I'm you know trying to do this thing right and just trying to figure out like what do I do as this as this individual parent having to bear the yeah. entire weight
1: yeah it's a it's a lot of decisions making you know decision making it, now that I look back, it's, it's really a lot. Yeah. It's not just, you know, being, um, you know, uh, a good parent. Or, it's, it's a lot of decisions and it's hard, sometimes yeah. it's hard. Yeah. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, single parents have it harder, but you do. And that point I think and you do because you just don't have anybody really to fall on. And I didn't always want to ask my parents, my stepdad or my mom, yeah, you because know, sometimes you have a little pride too. Yeah,
0: certainly. You know,
1: and you're like, I got this, I can handle it. So yeah. you know. it and then they like- might not be, and they might not be, you know, they might not share the same point of view, and then you are like upset because they're not on your side. You know, right. so it's, it's hard.
0: Well, and it sounds like you've well, always been really like tough too, like they wanting to like maintain this like independence. Like that's one of the things like I notice about you. You're probably, I mean, I know, I know a lot of confident women in my life, but in terms of like confidence and toughness, like you tend to be somebody I think about because I'm like, God, she'll just tell anybody like, like I didn't like that. Or I did like that. And I'm always like, God, like I need a little bit of that in my life. So that, that piece of that, I feel like that would also make, you know, like I I don't want to have to ask. Like I can do this by myself. So I wonder if that yeah. also elevates that to some degree.
1: Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm an only child too. So that are you know that's probably also a factor. You know, if you put all these little pieces together, you know, and I think that's something too because I always you know did my thing, and so that's probably part of it also.
0: Yeah. How do, because obviously we know there are tons of parents out there who are either single parents by choice or single parents by circumstance, you know, whatever that might be. Um, But like, how does, you know, being a single parent, um, you know, I think a lot of times that also like takes up a lot of your life right? Because you're, you are having to do so much. Um, So the concept we were even kind of talking about it earlier, like the concept of being like labeled a single parent, um, we know how much it goes into it, but it also is like this, when people describe it, sometimes it's like this one dimensional kind of thing, but it's riddled with all this stuff. So like, how does for you, like a single, as a single parent and for a single parent, like, how do you find who you are, you know what I mean? And like carry also that motivation and weight for being like a person, a woman, you know and trying to like establish all these other things outside of being a a single mom.
1: Honestly, I I lost it for a long time. Hmm. I think if I look back, it was only being a mom only looking out for my son, only doing the best for him, yeah. um, working two, three jobs. Um, so I lost myself in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, it didn't come so back to me till later. I had also gotten, uh, real sick at one point point. Yeah. and that's where I had to realize that I have to, um, go down a notch and mm-hmm. start thinking about myself and, Start doing things that make me happy and you know not just um you know my son and work and come home eat sleep and repeat you know yeah. so yeah I had to relearn that
0: yeah what what did you ultimately like decide was the thing that you wanted to do like you said like do things that make me happy like venture into these other areas of my life outside of what I've been doing. Like you said that you, you had been sick, but like, I mean, obviously I would imagine for a lot of people, like when that moment comes, right. And life is like, life isn't going to be how you thought it was, it does kick that in gear. Um, so how do you start to like make that transition out of like that difficult time period and then trying to figure out like what even matters to Chris?
1: Well, that was crazy because when the doctors told me that I had to, you know, like go down yeah. a little bit, step down a little bit, and I, all I could always think is, this is my life. This is normal. Yeah. What's wrong? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, faith- I thought I was healthy to then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my life. I was younger, of course. I was, you know, maybe my mid thirties mm-hmm. and end of the thirties and I, I just, you know, and then the next doctor would say something, say something like similar to the first one. And I'm like, this is, this is not true. And then, you know, you have to think about yourself. You have to, and, and I couldn't think of anything. I didn't know what, what, what would I want to do yeah. for, for myself. And I actually thought I was doing things for myself, but I really wasn't. You know, I can't maybe I can't really describe it because, you know, I would meet with friends and I would go out and I would do this and that. Yeah. But it wasn't, I think my mind was still with my son and raising him and, you know, work and this and that. So I wasn't really winding down. You know, I would go to a spa and I, re- that's a good example. I went to a spa and I had my shoulders up to my ears as she's trying to give me a facial and um, she says, relax. I said, I am relaxed. <laughs> she said, "No, you're not." She said, "No, you're not. Your your, your shoulders are up to your ears." And I said, "What?" Well, and she tapped me on my shoulders, and then I realized how far I'd raised them up, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she tapped me, and I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Yeah." So, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I was doing things, but I was still tense. Uh, I wasn't relaxed. My mind was somewhere else. Yeah. So that took a while. And I, I, mean, so I didn't really do different, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. The way I went about it changed. Got it. it. You know, my mindset is, now I'm taking this walk and I am i don't want to hear my phone. I don't want to hear this. This is me and my dog and, you know, this is the birds.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just, yeah. You know, try to unwind, try, try to turn things off. Of yeah. course, he got older, the older my son got the easier
0: it also got for me yeah I totally
1: of course I had to let go
0: (laughs) yeah right right I feel like that's so hard to do um to to let go I was actually just talking about that this morning like like when you've lived in a state and when, when I say state I mean like mental state like when you've lived in a mental state for however long you've been living in that state it's just Becomes a part of you. Um, like when you were talking about the shoulders. I, like I totally get that. Like I totally get that. Because I tend to. Whether like it's a massage. Or I'm doing meditation. Or I'm on a walk. Like I could be thinking about. 50 things. While I'm trying to relax. I even had to create a sticky note. That's, <laughs> that literally says. Yeah I know. I to relax. And then I have like a whole list of things. <laughs> <laughs> do <you? laughs> like ah yeah it it you're not
1: the only one I I can think of I went a thousand things I went to this meditation I couldn't do yoga because my mind was always at home and I went to this meditation like session and we were all laying on the floor and the CD was on it was a calm ocean breeze and this voice was telling you to you know breathe in breathe out do this do that and all I'm thinking is my mind is I have laundry to do, Uh, what am I going to cook tonight, (laughs) what's going on, okay, does he still have homework, okay, then I have to pick him up from practice, I got up and I said, no, this is not for me, I just could you know, and that's a learning process, you have to learn how to do that, you know, it it, it, it was so funny, afterwards, I was like, this is crazy, this is not normal. (laughs)
0: Did you ever exactly. get the point of getting back to it? Like, did you ever go back to try and do the meditation or the, or the yoga?
1: No, because I failed so bad at it. Yeah. Especially at the meditation when maybe I should try it again, but I, I failed so bad. I mean, other people think yeah, and I felt this and I felt that. And I'm like, where were they? Cause I wasn't definitely not there. What
0: happened? <laughs> Am I doing this wrong?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. I, yeah, so I do other things I mean now with COVID, of course yeah that's a whole yeah brings you back
0: brings you back a little bit yeah yeah changes yeah. some things you know I will yeah. say um on the meditation queue um it takes a lifetime to like get that stuff down like I've been doing it for now probably about two years and I just got up to like a place where I can do five minutes of like no actual, um, cause they do like guided meditations where like somebody's talking to you yeah. and like, you know, working through it. And then there's just like meditation where it's just like just sound, you know, or sometimes no sound. Um, and I just got to a place where I can even do five minutes of sound, but not guided. Um, and I've been doing that for two years. So, <laughs> Like, just keep that in mind, like, and, and I think also for like people like you and I, where our brains are continually going, it doesn't make sense to us to, to have nothing to Mm -hmm. think about. It's like, how dare you tell me (laughs) to not have something on my brain, you know? (laughs) So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I, that's exactly, it's always something. But I'm better at it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process. Yeah. And it was such a strong a long part of my life. Yeah. And so I'd say now maybe for the last six years, I've slowly been getting out of it. So I, I think I'm doing better every year. Yeah. And just working on it. But, you know, even at work, they they. I think I'm doing good, but at work for my colleague, he looked at me a couple of weeks ago and there was a issue and he was like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay. So he leaves, he comes back and he's standing across from me. I'm on my computer. He's talking to me and he says, Chris. And I said what? He says, stop thinking about it. And he could just see in my head that i you know, yeah. I, I couldn't let it go. So it doesn't work all the time, but I try a lot, you know. Yeah. yeah. I have to walk my, you know, talk and walk myself through.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine that like you have, like you have to be more intentional about that now to increase or decrease the risk of any more harm to like your mental space or your body or anything. So Mm -hmm. that way you can continue to live out your life the way that you'd want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all there.
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) European, what do you call it? Like uh, influences in my life. You know, if I think about my my two aunts that I spent a lot of time with, um, of course they're American. They they were raised there, born there, but they everything when I was with them, it was like a little Italy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they were very Italian, as I know Italians here in Germany. The uh, same kind of, the same kind of warmth, you know, the thing just the way they act, the way they talked, and how they treated me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I think if I think about it now, I I I didn't have any American American women, hmm. in in quotation marks, you know, because everybody, of course, comes from somewhere, you know, yeah. they have some kind of heritage. But uh, yeah, and then my mother being German. So of course, you know, the way she raised me
0: yeah.
1: was was what she knew from how she was raised in, in Germany, in Europe. Uh, so with anything that's uh, American came from the men, actually.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think my father, you know, uh, there there is a difference between... European or German women and American women, mm. I think.
0: Can you maybe be um, to us a little more about like just some of the things you notice from your own experiences?
1: I think there's a lot of factors why things are different, but I think German or European, uh, they give more freedom to their children. Yeah, you know, there's it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I I think like. Sometimes in, in Americans, it's like, I'm the mom or I'm the dad and you're the, the child. And yeah. in Germany or in Europe, it's, it's not equal eye to eye, but it's, it's, it's I, I can't think of another word. It's just more. Loopy. Like,
0: is there more input? Like <clears throat> we, we respect you as another being Um, And so like, we still want like some of that harmonious balance even though we still know the structure is we're their parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was, you know, I mean, we can let our kids out even if it's a female or male. Yeah, it's a lot more, and you knew this from interviewing meek. Yeah, how growing up in Germany is a yeah. lot different than growing up in, in the United States and I mean I had a son of, so you know therefore you are usually a more looser you let boys be boys yeah but even for girls and for me growing up um yeah I was able to do everything and anything I wanted basically yeah. you know and it doesn't mean that oh because were loose and i experienced it in drugs and i got drunk every weekend you know you still have that respect and you know your limit yeah you just you know your parents just don't put you on a on a tighter leash or whatever yeah so that's growing up in germany um was great um and i wouldn't want to miss it I mean, I loved the time when I was in the United States. I had, we lived in a great neighborhood. I had also very uh, diverse friends from different cultural backgrounds, races, but um, in Germany is, yeah, it was great.
0: Yeah. I get this feeling like, um, like, yes, there is more freedom, but it's also like something that you were just saying was making me think like, kids there I feel like are treated like adults but not like treated like adults like you have to have you know like all a job and you got to bring money and all these things but like recognizing the importance of like responsibility and accountability so like I'm I'm gonna treat you like a kid because you're a kid but I also want you to have um independence and I want you to mature and I want you to grow, um, into who you are. And so I am more willing to allow you to like, try things, right. Make mistakes mm-hmm. and try things out. So that way you can at an earlier stage, figure out what is problematic or what isn't, you know, about that situation. And I think, um, that always the same for every, like from your, the European culture to the American culture. Um, but it's like this um, there there is a higher level of accountability early on which in my experience tends to make them the the youth appear at least um, more mature than what I feel mm. like in the American culture because sometimes like I can remember <laughs> like talking to, to youth who were like, you know, 14 years old and I'm 14 years old, like talking to them and they're talking about things, you know, like what's happening in history, you know, and like all these things. And I'm like, um, I just really want to go get like this popsicle and go swimming. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's yeah, like, I know. <laughs>
0: it's so it's like they're, they're yeah. we're having two very different conversations based on that um understanding of I just keep going back to accountability. Like they know what is expected of them and the boundaries I feel like are set and they're very clearly like defined. Like, no, we don't want you to go out here drinking alcohol, even though you can, but exactly. also knowing that if you have a sip, you're not gonna like just get arrested for that thing either, right? Like that corporal punishment mm-hmm. kind of experience that I think tends to, has shown to be true, at least at times in American culture. What, I don't know, what do you think about what I'm saying?
1: I think, well, I think like, if I think about my mom's generation and the way I was raised, she was more from a generation and, you know, you have to think about Germany and their history. My mom was born right after the World War II. Yeah. So she wasn't able to do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a lot. And she wasn't able to do a lot, and especially as a female, you always looked upon funny if you, you know, did something that wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Nowadays, you would say she didn't even do anything, but you know that was a different time. Yeah. Then, so that is a reason I think why um, my mom's generation, why they raised us that way, because they didn't have it, because so they're going to let us have it. That's why she was more relaxed about certain things yeah then of course i passed that down to the next generation yeah but also i think my generation was trying to toe that back a little bit yeah you know we don't want we want you to have your freedom but we don't want you to have that much because we know now you know life is the world is still spinning and you know things Mm -hmm. are happening and you know so we're seeing what's out there we maybe experienced ourselves so you know, it's like a give and take, yeah. you know, we want you to have what we had, but we also want to, you know, uh, protect you and, you know, keep you at true leaves. And now the next generation from my son on that generation. I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what their kids are going to be like, but um, yeah, I have some colleagues and they have younger kids and. That's a whole different story. Yeah, uh, things are going to be I think, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, things are not, you know, crime and this and that. Of course, you know, it's not going by Germany. It's, right. You know, it's here too. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's why uh, my mom and their generation, because everybody I know, and that's around my age, experienced the same thing. They were able to do what they want. Um, there was, you know, you want to go to Paris for the weekend. Yeah, you can go, you want to do yeah. this, you want to do that, you know, of course we had to have, you know, our school had to be on top because that, you know, we felt like we could just do whatever we want. Yeah. But it was very, elusive. I didn't miss anything. Yeah, so that, that I must say,
0: you know. Mm. So, That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what the future generations are going to do or look like. Um, you know, I so part of me, I just saw read this study that was saying how they're worried um, about. I know I'm not gonna use the right jargon, but like the the infancy rates, like people having kids, has like decreased by I think they said seven percent, which I guess is pretty significant. Um, in that realm and um, you know you have more people who are like my generation and do you say below you know like my generation than neeks and then yeah on and so forth um people just aren't interested in having kids like and it's I don't even know if it's so much that people aren't interested in having kids but like you know people are getting out of school and um they can't afford you know to have kids like to have a child cost the same amount of money as it does to rack up the debt that they racked up to go to college, you know, Yeah. um, Yeah. the options are starting to feel slimmer. Um, And so like the concept of like, you know, how future generations will raise children, of course, future generations are always going to be having kids. But I think that um, the way that things are going, like you're going to have less and less parents and more aunts and uncles um who were kind of like wow. yeah kids and i'll be interested to see like you know like how that turns out. Because I I personally feel like one of the things that I've always enjoyed is like, you know, when you have um, someone who is like an aunt or an uncle or presents as an aunt or an uncle, like there's something totally different, right? That like happens in that relationship. And there are things that like the aunt or uncle can kind of talk to the kiddo about at least in the American culture. Um, you know, and helping them rear in that direction. And so um, I think it'll have a very significant impact if that really is the direction it goes um, on what children look like in the future and just how they conduct themselves in any particular culture. I think a lot of things are changing. Yeah, Now that
1: I think about it, yeah, several people, your generation, they, they don't have children. Yeah. And But I, I uh, they have nothing against them either, you know. It's yeah. Just, I, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Now that you brought it up, I started thinking about that.
0: Yeah, it's strange because majority of like my close friends who I'm like, who I met like from college on, I only have one, no, two who have kids and are married. Everybody else is no kids and unmarried so it's is like it
1: because maybe yeah is it because they're more um career orientated or
0: um, you know I've tried to like ask myself that
1: you can also sometimes in a way not I don't want to I don't mean this in a bad way but because I, mean, I am too sometimes but you're kind of also selfish yeah you know yeah because you know the responsibility and everything that brings brings with, and i uh, are like, no, I'd rather do me and do things for me, work on my career, work on this, do
0: that. Yeah. yeah,
1: maybe maybe uh, your generation is just gonna have kids later, which may know? be true.
0: Which that's a whole yeah. other interesting ball game. Um, yeah, I think you're onto something there about the like career uh, focus because. You know, like, like I said, the, the majority of the people that I can say that about are the people that I met in college and it just to like, kind of put a, put things up against one another, the friends that I still keep in contact with from like high school and like grade school, Mm -hmm. at least of the, well, I'd say of the men and the women that I know, um, majority of them have children and are married, but the majority of them also went to college too. So I don't know, like what the difference is in those, um, in that particular community versus the community of people that I met when I was at college. I don't know. Um, but I do feel like the people that I met from school or from, from college, they, I do feel like it was, it's much more of that, like, um, career focus, but I also kind of feel like I go back to like, you know, most of us got out of school. And while you're in school, you're not thinking about the debt you're accruing. I'm sure plenty of people do, but like a lot of times, like, that every, the, the debt you're accruing isn't an everyday thought, right? Like I'm just in my books, like hitting my books, trying to get this education that I'm focused on. And then you get yeah. out and you realize like, holy crap, like there's all this stuff that I've accrued, you know, in this time frame, And so then things start to get real, especially when they're like, hey, by the way, you gotta start paying this next month, right? And so now yeah. where I wasn't paying anything for, for this education, and I was accruing all this stuff. Now I've got this like $400 bill that I'm paying every month. And then you still want me to like live. And so then the reality of the future of trying to bring a kiddo into that experience, it's like, well, shit. Like I'm already like in the weeds with this money. Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, yeah. So like, it, it, it almost feels like, yes, they're career focused, but it's also like the thought of children I don't wanna say is unattainable, but it just feels so far in the distance. And in one thing that I've recently discovered now that I'm, I'm about, I'm coming up on 35, is that like, back then when I had to start like really thinking about these student loans and, and whether or not I was gonna go back to school and like get my master's, it felt like I had so much time. Like it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, that was mm-hmm. 25-ish, I think, 24-ish when I made the decision to go back to school. And so it felt like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to do this schooling and it's going to be good. And yeah, you know, by the time I'm done, I'll be 29 and I can start living that life. But for me, at least in my career path, one of the things I did not um, account for was what would have to like have to happen after I got the degree, the second degree, because once I got into it, then I realized, oh yeah, then you also have to do this, like, practicum at the end of it and once you do that practicum after you get the schooling and you get the degree then you have to wait um four to five years before they actually say you're a therapist so it's like that track that originally started out as four years turned into almost a 10-year process and now I'm you know 35 about to be 35 realizing like whoa that window was so much smaller than what I thought it was going to be. And now the distance to having children is like, you know, they like they, they start to say what, it's like 37 when they say like, you shouldn't be having kids anymore or like, you know, the risks go up or something yeah like
1: that. Yeah, 30, late 30s, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's kind of like, okay, well I'm two years, three years, you know, whatever from that. And I still don't feel like I'm where in a position where I can even truly afford kids. So it's like it almost whoops, it almost feels yeah. like that's less of an opportunity that's available to us.
1: Yeah. Well in Germany, we really don't have to worry about the college financial thing because it is covered for most of it. Yeah. So you will you'll have your degree and you might have a, a little loan. Yeah. That you have to pay back. But it's nothing compared to the United States. But my son, for instance, he's um, his girlfriend. They're in college together and she's they're doing their master's right now. And she's a couple of years younger, I think three or four years younger. And I think my son is looking to, well, when I get my master's and, uh, you know, we get settled in, then, they, you know, I'll get married and then I want kids. And she says, well, yeah, that's all fine, but I'm not going to be the one staying home watching the kids all the time because i've been doing this master's with you so you know, right and i and I, I totally understand her yeah you know he's at the point where he's like okay i'm gonna be 30 in two years uh i want to get a family going yeah. and she's just you know she's a, she'll be so when he's 30 she might be 26 she has her master's she wants to live and do her job which he has learned for so I don't know how that's gonna go. They, you know, yeah, we might have to wait because I totally understand her. Why go, you know? Why go through that? Yeah. And And be a stay home mom. So he's, and he and she's basically saying, well, if you stay home too, sometimes then maybe we can work this out. But right. I'm not back and <laughs> forth. Well, that's where maybe grandma comes in, and then she can move <laughs> up there
0: right so see like when you have yeah. that family dynamic when you have the support system there then the resources to be able to do that
1: yeah but I don't think he, he he wants to really be there for his kids I'm that's really a major thing thing him. so yeah I'll be around but not maybe as much as in my heart I wish I could <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey you know what the one thing I've I've learned just in like Having friends who have had children or even just like, um, in my limited experiences of like when I used to be a nanny, like I just, I recognize how much people need help when it comes to kids. Yeah. Like, and it's so funny. My mom always, (laughs) it cracks me up. She'll be like, um, my mom was a single mom too. And she'll say things, you know, like, I don't understand why (laughs) these girls, these days are like, I can't shower today. (laughs) Like, you know, and all these things. Yeah. And I crack up because I'm like, Mom, like you know, like having children is hard. She's like, I know, I had one and I did it by myself. Like I took showers. I
1: I (laughs) I totally get it. They come with these gadgets and these new things, and they're like, Hey, you have to have have this. Two colleagues, they just had babies, and like you have to have this. I'm like, What? What is that? You know, how did I raise my son without it? Right? (laughs) Did I miss something? And they, they they sell it to you like you know you look at them and you're 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 doubting yourself like what yeah. did I do wrong? Did, should I have this, whatever? Crazy. Yeah, and I totally feel your mom on that one. Yeah. You can't take showers. Like you hear I hear that too. I haven't took a shower for five days. I'm like, what? how
0: does that work (laughs) right well and what you just said about the doubt like I feel like that's like a huge part of it like I feel like you know I'm sure that like people have had doubt for years like being parents um and I think that like it feels like when I talk to my friends now who have children it's like there's so much you know like of this you're not a good mom if right and so like if you don't get this gadget you're not a good mom. Yeah. I think that marketing and all of that certainly has like played into, you know, like, oh, if you're not a mom who cleans all day long, right? Then you're not a good mom. If you're a mom who doesn't go and be an independent woman and make her own paycheck, then you're not a good mom. You know, like, so all these things that kind of come into that. And I think that,
1: yeah.
0: um, the, excuse me, that has been extremely ineffective to how women, experience themselves as mom in comparison to what it used to look like when we didn't have all the the noise in the background
1: that's true i mean it's gotten worse and that aspect has definitely gotten worse because of social media and everything and you know everybody has a prized baby and a beautiful home and everything is perfect and you, you you want that too but I mean, it was it was there for me too. I mean, I could think of right off the top of my head, I had a situation. Dominic went to a school that was my son. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned his name yet, but uh, he went to a school uh, that was about 25 minutes away from here. Yeah. And one day he we went. To, I dropped him off at school, and he got out the car, and he was almost in tears because he had forgot something at home that he needed that day.
0: Yeah.
1: I actually had to go to work afterwards. Yeah. But I felt so bad for him and also I was worried about what people would think if I sent him to school without that, that I drove home, got what he needed and drove back to the school so he could have it on time. And that's something I'll never forget either, that I put myself under so much stress and pressure, you know, because what was the worst scenario? What would happen to him? They're not going to kick him out of school he might not get a good grade. So what? he was a good student, he'll make it up with something else. But in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I don't have my, you know, yeah, together. Yeah. And they're going to point, they're not going to point it at him. They're going to point it at me and say, you should have looked in his backpack. You should have made sure he had this. You should have done this and you yeah. should have done that. Yeah. And that's why I did it because I didn't want anybody to think that I was failing as a mom. Yeah. You know, that's a and now now with social social media and all that
0: stuff, it's kind of a lot worse. It's even more hard. Yeah. It's like yeah. parent shaming.
1: Yeah. It is. You know, everybody knows it better. Everybody
0: does it better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's not just parenting it's everything
0: <laughs> yeah right right if we can you know that's the one thing I'll say Americans are not um social media we can shame the hell out of anything <laughs> like yeah. anything <laughs> yeah and,
1: and that is that is such a shame actually if you have nothing to do with your life besides getting on someone's page and, and shaming them and calling them names and yeah. whatever it's like you're the one that really has the problem you know yeah because yes. if you see something you don't, don't like and it's not harmful to anybody or the world just yeah. keep on moving you know
0: it should you be you don't that have
1: to comment. It should be that way. And we think that way. And I'm sure a lot of other people do, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't.
0: Right, right. And those tend to be the ones who are the people who are like out there trolling, right, to those other people about all the problems or all the things they're doing wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, so with, um, your own experiences, what could you, like some mom who's out there literally like, you know, one kid on her arm trying to like cook the food right now, trying to like headphones on, trying to be the businesswoman while she's sitting in her kitchen and also trying to keep her outfit all together. So she could look beautiful for whoever herself or someone else. Um, what kind of like, what advice, suggestions, or just, um, thoughts from the soul of Chris, you know, like what could you say to them or what do you think might some woman out there need to hear, um, from your own perspective of how to just keep it all together as a mom and just be who you are?
1: You know, whatever, whatever is good for you is good for your child. If you're good with yourself and what you if you think you're doing the right thing then it's good for your child I mean there's examples like when I had my son I was like in the winter time should I put more clothes on him should I do this and older women my mother my grandparents if it's Chris if you're cold then your baby's cold you know if you're hot then you know do how you feel and what you think is right don't go by like well everybody else puts on five coats but you're gonna put on five coats you know believe in yourself and i i have actually a little story Mm -hmm. that i didn't i didn't hear this till my son was older um will smith had said once when he had one of his children i think his first born i think it was and he said uh of course he said it much funnier than i can uh in an interview uh he said he bought a car seat for his son Mm -hmm. and it came with a direct guidebook or directions a manual Mm -hmm. 500 pages 20 languages for this car seat okay dang so so when he goes to pick up his baby and his wife and the nurse gives him his son to leave he says here you go mr smith and he takes his son and he thinks to himself well where's the manual where's the book for car seat i get 20 languages 500 pages (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and nobody you don't get a manual you have to you just have to do you know um there's some things that the the elders give you as like uh tips and advice i remember my son screaming on top of his lungs when he was a baby my mom said there's only three things it's his stomach he wet his pants or uh he's hungry you know don't make a big deal. It's one of those three things. And, you know, of course, I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, why is he crying? You know, what am I uh-huh. doing wrong? No, calm down. I just checked his diaper. Maybe he's hungry. You know, it's just, you have to, it's a death thing. You have, um, everybody's going to have advice. Everybody's going to say, do it like this, do it yeah. like that. And you can't, you can listen, but you have to do what feels good for you. Yeah. I think. Um yeah, I just always go by that manual. It's so true. You know, and you can't what was good for somebody else is not good for you. Yeah. You know, I admire some women or, or families, women and men, how they raised their children. Yeah. And how the, the kids turned out great, but what they did, I know what wouldn't have worked for me.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? You know what I mean? Because I had a totally different child, Mm -hmm. whole different scenario.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, they never judged me. They know that I did what I did because that's our situation. And yeah. So I tried when I hear, you know, at my work or anybody that have little kids, I really don't try to give out much advice unless I'm asked.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Because... You know, so the, if they might ask me and say, well, what did you do? Well, I did this. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. But you yeah. have to, everybody knows. It, it's it's a parent's instinct. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, it's been happening since the dawn of time.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then you also remember when you were little, Uh, you know, I always said to myself, I'm not going to be my, I think everybody said that. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not yeah. going to be <laughs> a different, even though she was, you know, a good parent and. I'm not going you know, to be about, well, like my mom when I grow up. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this different. And then I sit back, and I'm like, you sound just like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you did this just like your mother. So you, you do take a lot of things with you. Yeah. But you also, you add some things. Yeah. You change some things. But you, you have that base. Maybe that's a good thing. You have a base, and then you work up on it. Yeah, you know?
0: like your foundation and you just build what, and you yeah. keep what blocks you want and you get rid of the ones you don't want.
1: Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I
0: imagine that's easier said than done. I know that whoever it is that today is probably like, well, she's already raised her kids and I've got this three-year-old on my leg right now. <laughs>
1: you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. I've, <laughs> I've been, you know, now I sit back and I laugh at some situations. Yeah. How uptight I was about it, how nervous, how I cried a lot, uh, worried a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and, and I was lucky to have my, my stepfather passed away early. Uh, I was lucky to have both of them and then my mother to help me. You know, I think that's important to have somebody that you can count on and fall back on and say, or uh, even though I didn't use it as much as I could have maybe but you know like please take them yeah I need two hours of time out you know and then I'll be back and I'll be you know what do you call it uh, energized again and then yeah. I can you know and uh, I know a lot of people don't have that where their yeah. parents maybe passed or and it can get hard mm-hmm. so I, I, I totally understand that but I don't have the key recipe for yeah yeah. just maybe you know just have somebody a, a good friend or somebody who will support you yeah
0: yeah I think that's huge I think just in general right like as a human being we we need that um but I think that what I really got out of what you were saying and I think it it um applies whether or not you have children or not that you know, if something works for you, then let that thing work for you. Right. So if that thing works for you, then it's going to work for your kiddo. If you, if you are feeling hot or you don't like the flavor of something, your kiddo might not like that flavor either. Right. And so, um, you know, just how important it is to really just like, listen to your instincts. Right. Like, I think that's also another thing that all the gadgets and all the marketing and all the things has really Um, affected is people to listen to their internal compass and, you know, like, the phrase, like people talk about like FOMO, right? Like that's that kind of concept. Like yeah. we didn't always feel like we needed to be in all the business, right? But because we've yeah. been so involved in all the business for as long as we've been in it, um, not being in it, all of a sudden it's like, wait, so I'm on the outside. And it's a good thing to like, feel like you're different. Um, but a lot of people are challenged by feeling that way. And I understand all the reasons that come with that. Um, but the, the marketing aspect and all those other things that just significantly depletes people's ability to fully invest in themselves as yeah. like, the person who knows best for them.
1: Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's okay to break down, it's okay to, you know, uh, cry and just, you know, have those nervous breakdowns. In, in, in let it out i think i was at that time i i didn't really accept failure yeah. for myself yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why i also why i got sick because you know always moving 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 and yeah you have to you just have to accept that that you made a mistake or it is hard it's yeah. hard but you'll get over it you'll get through it you know and Take your time out. That's really important. Taking the time Take out. That's really important. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget yourself in the process.
0: Well, and you, yeah. you spoke about that earlier, just like even like once you were having the health issues, like recognizing like, oh, I thought I was doing all the things, but really I was just doing all the things with my attention all the way up here and just like invested in it somewhere else pretending I was in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, especially with COVID, and people are you know homeschooling, and yeah. I, I just told my son today, I am glad <laughs> that you are done. I mean, that's not you have them around 24/7, and you have to you have to entertain them, school them, everything. Yeah. yeah, and it can be a lot. I know. Yeah. It's
0: Kind of interesting when you, when you said that just now, I was thinking to myself, you know, we were just talking about like, that women and men have been raising children since the dawn of time. Well, what's happening with COVID is literally the dawn of time, but with all of the amenities that we've had for, you know, these hundreds of years. And so people don't know how to do what happened at the dawn of time.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I just talked about that the other day. I they're not used to having, they have their kids for two hours a day. Yes. You know, yes. they get them up in the morning, zip them off to school, and then they come home and maybe they do their sport or whatever. And then they come home, they eat dinner, do whatever, and then it's time for bed. So, you yeah. know, they maybe a four, two to five, two to four hour window.
0: Yeah.
1: And now they have them 24 hours. And <laughs> I, I, I'm i thinking what you're thinking. Yeah. Handle it. You you can do it. Other people have done it before you. But on the other side for myself, I'm glad that I don't have
0: on that on that that challenge. Right. I I envision some like parents sitting at home watching their kids run around their house after not having had them there, but a few hours each day, going, I don't even know if I like you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I made this investment years ago with you. I don't even know if I like you that much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <I know. laughs> who, who are you right? like you cannot be my kids <laughs> like, and I know that there I are was, parents out there they love their kids and all of that but I also recognize I'm very attuned to the fact that humans are humans and just because you bore a little child doesn't mean that you like them all the time
1: <laughs> no uh-uh. I had a kindergartner uh um uh, in kindergarten the kindergarten teacher she she once said to me I love all the children the same I said no you don't no you don't <laughs> and she looked at me all crazy like why like I had a lot of nerves to say that and like don't you yeah, know it's okay if you like so a little boy you know just be respectful to all of them, but we know that you have your favorites right. that you wanted to make it. That you know, no, I love them all the same. And that's with parents too. You get, of course, you get that. Right. You, you get that, like, oh gosh, you know, did you just <laughs> disappear and then come back again? Right. <laughs> <This is> normal. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: that's true. Uh, but
1: I have a lot of people. I know a lot of people too. They they have uh, they just given up. So, like, just let them do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let them yeah. just be. It's like, you I can't keep like no. Mhm. Yeah. I did that too at one time. I was just like, I have to, okay, you win. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. I mean, all humans. You can only take
0: so much. You yeah. Know? And then, yeah. We only have so much tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. True. So then, okay. So for us today, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of things today, but um, you know, on this podcast, we like to answer one main question. So for you, when it comes to womanhood, um, do you feel like it's a journey or a destination to you? What is it?
1: I think it's a journey.
0: Why do you say that?
1: I, because I think that on my lifeline up to now it has it has changed and progressed so much that I think that I'm not totally done yet Mm. with it. Yeah. I think I think I'm at a different stage of my womanhood. Mm. From when, from the beginning of my time from, you know, living in the United States, living here, having my son, this and that. And now I'm by myself Yeah, and it's a whole different thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's more, I think, yeah, it's, it's even though when you're, young, yeah, it's different, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's, It hasn't been like that for a long time, but now it's about me again. Yeah. And I can concentrate on myself again and my womanhood. And so that's why I think it's still still a journey. I don't think that's done yet.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like in the way you described it, it made me think of like like a literal full circle, right? Like you come into this world, it's not like you have children, it's not like you have responsibilities, you're just a kid. And so like having some of those same freedoms, and then, you know, you fill in the space in the middle and then now you're at the end where you are getting to do things with the wisdom that you now have, but with the, I don't know if the word is fervor, but like the, with the gumption that you would have had as a child. Right. And so now it's yeah. kind of like, life's about me. I'm gonna do what I want. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as well.
1: And then I have a, um, a tattoo. Yeah. And, um. This um, tattoo is um, it's a um, Buddha symbol. It's yeah. A, it's a symbol. Is it called
0: an unalone?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, girl. It is. Yeah. <laughs> then you then you know about it. Okay. I do. And it has yes, and it has those uh, spiral. Yep. And that is the yep. journey of your life. Yep. Right, and then at the end, you know, it's kind of just like those, You're finally like there, so you pass, you know, and that's what the last three dots are for. Then when you pass, but that that just reminded me that yeah. So I'm still in the spiral.
0: Okay, still Still working that those little details out. Yeah, nice.
1: I, if you know, un-alone, nobody knows. It. Yes.
0: So, um, I have actually also considered getting, um, a tattoo of an unalone and, um, I want to get it on my back and, um, I've just, I haven't, yeah, I just haven't pursued that yet, but I initially, when did I learn about it? It was like in a period in my life when I was like learning more about like enlightenment oh. and like what it means in different cultures. And it, it came across my, um, Pinterest one day um from the buddhist culture and so then um i did a little research into it and it talked about you know like essentially you can create the unalone to do whatever you want it to do but it's got loops you know to to express like those time periods in your life when you're growing and then you know that transformation that happens near the end where you're like stabilizing in your life and then you know slowly transitioning out of this body that we are in um you know to whatever may come next and so um I just always love the the concept of it because I think it is so representative Mm -hmm. of what life really looks like uh and then I met a yeah. girl in one of my groups who um she had one and it was so funny she like had on her arm she's like oh I got a tattoo I was like oh it's an unalum she goes oh my god you know what that is <laughs> I was like yeah right so it's nice like when you see other people who know what it means because you yeah, know they yeah. also are in that um enlightened headspace as well
1: <laughs> yeah because I have a lot of people that they say oh that's such a pretty tattoo what is it and then I say um, I, I, in German, we call it "unalum." So unalom. is that in English? Yeah. And they're like, "Huh? What?" <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay, well, yeah. I, I think you should Google it because I really don't want to explain it to anybody anymore." Yeah. <laughs> and, and it also has a lot to do. Um, of course, it has a definition, yeah. but the definition is very broad. Right. You know, you can bring it to yourself. So, yeah. You know. So what it means to me, uh, doesn't necessarily also fit to somebody else. Got it. But it, I mean, it has the, it has the overall definition, Yeah. but like you said, you know, where the path is, and it can mean something to anybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I kind of see it as like the representation, representation of transformation.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that like when I whenever that tattoo does come to pass for me like that because I agree with you trying to explain it to someone it's like well you know you start here and then you gotta gotta try like explain (laughs) all the things right about it it's like I'm not about to do this with everybody
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and then they they don't have any sense for that kind of stuff and they're like what do you mean you start here (laughs) (laughs) then where where do you go right
0: (laughs) That's one of those moments you're like, you are unenlightened, and I am not going to be the one to enlighten you. I do. I tell them to
1: Google it. I Google it.
0: That's so funny. Okay. So, Miss Chris, um, tell us is there anything else that you feel like you want the listeners to know before we wrap up today?
1: I just think everybody should be true to themselves and not to let anybody say, you're too tough. You're too strong. You know, you, you're too yeah, confident. Um, that was something that I had to deal with a lot. You know, that you're you're too you're such a tough person, but in a negative way. Mm. You know, and I just think if if you're similar to me or or whatever, be you. It's it's okay to be that way. Yeah. Um, you know, it life makes us what we are and who we are. And um it's it's okay to be you. And if you are more reserved and quiet, then that's you. Yeah. And you don't have to change because someone says, I wish you would open up and speak more. Yeah. You know, either you like 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 me the way I am or just keep it moving. Yeah. You know, and that's what I I wish people would do in general, just accept people for the way they are and, uh, and not always judge them. Um, when I was younger, I, I heard that so often mm-hmm. that, um, you know, i was such a tough kid. Uh, I used to always play with boys. So, you know, I was a little <laughs> wrestling uh, and, and this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I always felt kind of, uh, I didn't fit in. I wasn't right. You know, I wanted to play with the boys. I wanted to do boys sports. I wanted to do this. And, you know, I wanted to be the best at everything. And that wasn't, you know, girls don't do that. Mm -hmm. And um, look at us today, how far we have came for so many women that didn't listen to it. Right. You know, didn't listen to it. And um, yeah, it just—I I'm so proud. Um, I forgot her name. That spoke because she's the recent one that um, comes to my mind. She spoke at Biden inauguration. The oh poet, uh, Amanda—no, Amanda—no, Amanda gorman <laughs> And um, it, I get tears in my eyes for joy, you know, because she has a speech impediment. And she didn't let anybody, I mean, I saw an interview with her, where even her sister was, uh, you know, making fun of her and saying, you know, why do you want, when she was little, why do you want to do this? You can't even say uh, all right, you can't say this right. And and she, she was tough and she stuck to what she loved and that's just the best way to go, to be yourself and not, you know, I think her sister was more joking with her. I mean, she did, probably didn't really want to bring her down or anything, yeah. but people do that and don't really know what the effect it is. And a lot of people can't resist that. A lot of people can't stick to their grounds and say, hey, I don't care what you say.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go live on a mic at a poet yeah. uh, set show or whatever. You know. And that, that's just Thanks to all those women that have have done that and paved the path for us. Yeah. And that's really all I can say. Um, yeah. And I think I did okay. <laughs> I think I did okay with staying the way I am. You yeah. know, it just, it wouldn't be true. And people can see through that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, if they're already going fi- to find you out anyway you might as well as just be you so that way you don't have to try and like make up on yeah. the back end
1: yeah I mean I know I'm a tough cookie sometimes and I know as uh as sometimes uh, as, uh not that you know it's tough pill to swallow yeah you know and but you know I take criticism if it's you know uh good crit- not I mean not good Chris but you know what I mean like Constructive. If they say, "Hey, Chris, you don't you constructive exactly? What you you think you were kind of out of line?" I could. I'm the I'm the type of person that can think about it. Yeah. But if somebody is just like, "Oh, you should have done this, and you should have done that, and don't you think? And don't you yeah. think? No. And get rid of those people out of your life.
0: Right, right, right. Like that's not helpful to you anyway. If that's what you're if you're trying yeah. to be a more genuine, authentic you. You can't be willing to absorb everything everyone says. You can listen to it, but not absorb it.
1: Yeah. You know, I see other people that I admire and other women, they're totally the opposite of me. Yeah. You know, very bubbly. will talk to anybody anywhere. Yeah, they're open to everything. I'm more, reserve that, first and and i love that, I about love that. that. and yeah. you know i'm like oh you know that but i i couldn't do it just to fit in you know i'm i'm a caring person and i i will help wherever i can but i do it a little different than maybe you know so you don't see that maybe at first right yeah you, know, so, okay.
0: you know yeah you do it but from a harder, part, part <laughs> exterior, but it's still there. It, yeah, it's there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, you have heard it, ladies and gents, um, about Miss Chris today. We have thoroughly enjoyed hearing about you today. I realized, like, as we kept going into this, like, it slowly went from Chris, and now I'm back to Miss Chris. It's just a part of me, like, I don't know how to <laughs> get it it's out of totally there it's totally fine I know <laughs> it's like and it's just that's your name <laughs> but nonetheless <laughs> we have thoroughly that's fine because
1: the kids will always be the kids it doesn't matter right. how old they get you know right like, yeah. it doesn't matter
0: if we can really be treated like adults we still know how to respect our elders
1: <laughs> exactly yeah that is oh
0: okay guys So I thoroughly enjoyed getting an opportunity to talk to Ms. Chris today. This podcast episode was a lot of fun for me, just getting to learn a little more about her and um, really just hearing from an older generation's perspective about raising children. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. Um, Of course, we hope, Ms. Chris and I, that you enjoyed today's journey of womanhood please join us for future episodes and stories about womanly adventures. Of course, as always, you can make contact with me on Instagram at Honor Redefined with any of your personal stories about womanhood. And of course, if you wanna keep hearing more episodes, you can find Honor Redefined on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you'd like to connect with our guest today, which of course, as always, I know you will, you can find her information in the show's description. You can help Honor Redefined reach a wider audience by sharing, liking, or following us on Instagram. I am your host, Ariana Williams, and this is Honor Redefined. Until next time, stay true and be you.